This is the Stay Healthy Experience, hosted by Robert Ferguson. That's yours truly. Barbara Chris yes. and Mr. Daniel Baldwin, yep. who is not here. Mm-hmm. However, we will be uh, checking in with Daniel because when we went to the uh, annual breast cancer um, survivor symposium right. in, uh, in uh, San Antonio, San Antonio. Texas, we had a great time and Daniel got to interview quite a few people. So yeah. we're going to check in with Daniel actually interviewing mm-hmm. a uh, person who is a survivor and yeah. kind of hear her story. Yeah. But before we go there, I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing with the company Stay Healthy. Yes. Okay, so we have this, this program called OWL. Right. O-W-L. So when you hear that, what do you, what do you, like what would you first think that is? Owl? Oh, like if I did, had no idea what it was about? You think it was an, an animal? Like a game? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what owl stands for? Owning your wellness. Own. Own. Your wellness, wellness and, and living. Li- yes. I, I knew it before. Why did I forget that? That's okay. I put you on the spot. I know. You always, te- but you it's always kinda, do it's, that. But it's one of those things where this is a solution, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to a growing problem. I mean, right. you can't turn on the TV mm-hmm. and hear about someone's famous Mm-hmm. Um, who's now diagnosed with some form of cancer. Yes, that is so true. So I mean, true. it's it's big time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah. Same as obesity. Oh, that for sure. For which, sure. Which is always interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and you talk about it just being so prevalent. I had It's been years ago now. It's been, let's see, um, it's about seven years ago now, but I had a really good friend whose sister, and she's actually, she passed. She passed at 39 with um, from breast cancer. So it was very close to home, very close to home. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it seems like it's it's like, why would you think? I mean, what's your thought on why we're starting to hear about it more? Is it because of social media? Is it because Mm -hmm. it's more celebrities, you know, being diagnosed? Well, I think it's I think it's a mixture of that. I think that we have we have access and easy access to so much information so quickly. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and I would imagine just that with that, people are just getting smarter about it. Maybe they're getting checked up more regularly. Um, I think it all comes into play. But certainly social media and just the easy access to just worldwide news is it's so simple for us to hear. Did yeah. you hear about Be- uh, Beyonce Knowles' dad mm-hmm. has breast cancer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know the details of it, but I did hear about that. I mean, it's, That's it's, crazy. it's showing up prostate, mm-hmm. breast cancer. No one's exempt. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to figure out yeah. how to prevent it from happening. And then when people become diagnosed, mm-hmm. they become extremely anal, which I'm going to say that from a positive standpoint. Right. About what they put into their body. Like what they're eating what and they all that. they themselves yeah. to. But yet people continue to fall prey to cancer. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're exempt. No. At all. However, there are things that we can do. For sure. So I mean, my mom... As I've mentioned on the show before, yeah, uh, is currently experiencing stage. Well, she stays zero, so we caught it early, but it's her third time experiencing breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And she met a woman who had breast cancer eight times. I remember you said that. That is like unheard of. Yes. Yeah. So a guy who is in the space of weight loss and health and well well being, right? Having my mom experience breast cancer, mm-hmm. I'm always thinking. What could she be doing right. to prevent recurrence of it? Right, yeah, of course. And my mom, if she was sitting here, would uh-huh. be the first to tell you that she got away from the things that were helping her live her healthiest life. She got away from them? Right. So mm-hmm. after experiencing breast cancer the second time, yeah. of course, she comes out of it. You know, you're, you're thinking eat as healthy as possible. You know, be active. Do all these things. Right. But you're battling with depression. You're battling with you know, concerns. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on when you're yeah. experiencing something like that. Mm-hmm. But my mom had a relatively pretty healthy life. You know, at one point she lost 125 pounds. That's amazing. With our program. Yeah. But then that weight came back on. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, my mom started gaining some weight. Lifestyle, she wasn't exercising anymore. She got right. away from the things that Al would recommend you do. That you continue doing. To prevent recurrence. Yeah. with me oh yeah so yeah. when i sent over this study to you and daniel yes. i'm just going to read some of the study here. yeah it is it amazing says, and this is a study where the the title basically says large study mm-hmm. links sustained weight loss to reduced breast cancer risk yeah okay 
Now, there's one thing to lose the weight. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to gain it back. Oh, right. Because every time you lose weight mm-hmm. and gain it back, especially when you're not doing it correctly. Right. You, you increase your body fat percentage, mm-hmm. which means you have more excess fat. Right. And you lower your lean mass. Yeah. Like your muscle. Mm-hmm. And there's an association between a loss of muscle mass. Right. And increased risk of cancer. So all that yo-yoing up and down. It doesn't help anyone. Yeah. And nobody mm-hmm. really talks about this. Right. Well, they, a lot of times they don't know the difference. Well, this as is far what, as like the body composition's concerned, or their body f- composition's concerned. No, most yeah. people have no idea about that, which yeah. I want to talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the summary of this article or this study yeah. is a large new study finds that women who lost weight after age fifty mm-hmm. and kept it off had a lower risk of breast cancer mm-hmm. than women whose weight remained stable. That was helping answer a vexing question in cancer prevention. That was an amazing study. The results are just. Well, so think about it. My mom experienced breast cancer mm-hmm. after the age of 50. A- okay. She wasn't being as active. So everything that they're saying, it right. increases your likeliness mm-hmm. of recurrence. Right. Or coming down with breast cancer. Right. So because a lot of people say, well, I know someone who lived to be 105 and they, <laughs> right. smoked, a, they smoked a cigar I every know. day. And they... Ate they were whatever fine. they want. Yep. And, and they ate meat and bacon and, <laughs> and put salt on everything. Exactly. So and they were good. What's interesting, when I sit down with, you know, Dr. Colin, yeah. you know, our, our lead researcher and, and scientist and, and medical physician on staff at Stay Healthy. Yeah. He's real quick to say, look, <clears throat> there are things that we can do mm-hmm. to reduce the likeliness of being diagnosed or attracting cancers. Cancer. However, that doesn't mean that you just remove yourself from the likeliness. Right. Like all of a sudden you're just ex- excluded from that population. Right. Because when, like my, to, when my mom got diagnosed the sec- first or second time, she was on this, this kick of eating extremely close to, to nature, mm-hmm. uh, what we call eating extremely healthy. Right. Um, she was very conscious of everything that went into her mouth. She worked out every day. Wow. And when she got diagnosed, she was very upset. Because yeah. she felt, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. And if you're doing everything right, how do you get cancer? I know. Again, it's a reminder that you do the best you can. Exactly. Because some people who are taking care of themselves. Yeah. Would have been on maybe the the path of getting cancer. Right. But we'll never know. So that's why I'm a big fan of this thing called creating health. Mm-hmm. Instead of preventing disease. Yeah. Be proactive. Right. So you create it. Yeah, exactly. The way I think, I create it. The way I eat, I create health. Right. The well, way I move, I create health. Yeah, that's nice. You kind of know a few things I threw, then. I threw you, I threw right, you off yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> right you know a thing or two about that. No, I mean, when I read that study, what I thought of, which was um, I think I can use also with my clients, is I took it as hope for people because it you know it talks about after the age of 50 because I think a lot of times people think that you know I'm if you're 50 and beyond like oh you know what there's really no difference if I try to lose weight now like you know I'm so much older than maybe if I did this 20 30 years ago would have made a difference you know sometimes people have that mindset that it's just too late so I'm just gonna do whatever the heck I want but with the study I think that that instills hope in them that you can actually help reduce your risk even after 50 if you make these changes and then sustain it. I think it's just, I don't know, so so much hope in that in that um, study. There's so much there because, yeah. one, we're talking weight loss, mm-hmm. which we would say get rid of excess body fat right. and increase lean muscle mass. Yeah. But they're not saying that in the studies. Mm-hmm. And, again, most people are right. measuring their obesity levels or overweight levels mm-hmm. based on the BMI, yeah. which has a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. And it's not really speaking toward excess fat. Right. It's speaking toward weight on the scale. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole yeah. bunch to be So, of discussed. course, we see that in the report, but not, you know, everybody wouldn't see that right. as far as what they're referring to. But Which yeah. I believe it would be even higher. Oh, yeah. Now, the woman that we're going to go to mm-hmm. where Daniel sat down and talked to her. Yeah. Uh, I got to talk to her as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear part of her story. Mm-hmm. But what I walked away with this lady right. is that she went to extremes when she uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And mm-hmm. when I say extremes, yeah, she literally overhauled her entire life. 
Wow. And I'm saying extremes because she started eating only food that she planted or knew how it was grown. Wow. She like will pass up many restaurants and grocery stores to get to a location right. to get exactly what she believes is going to contribute toward nurturing a healthy body. Right. Wow. So, I mean, she's very focused, mm -hmm. but she seems like she found a, a has a whole new respect and appreciation oh, about I'm life. Oh, sure. Heck yeah. After going through that. Yeah. But now is just li literally thriving with this this very organic lifestyle. Right. Yeah, which works for her. Mm -hmm. Which works for her. Thank right. you for saying that because yeah. some people will look at what she's doing and go, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to do all that. Right, or there's no way that would even be possible for me to do that, you know. Right. I I've, I've actually heard people say I would rather die than not <laughs> be, be serious? able to eat the foods well, that yeah. I want to eat. Because they enjoy it, right? It feels like they're not living if they're not having what they love. So, right. yeah. Food is definitely a celebration I mean, I, yeah. of life. So today, I just want you know our listeners and, mm -hmm. and viewers to listen in to, to this lady. Yeah. And then we'll do a recap mm -hmm. um, and talk a little bit about Al. Because if you are someone who's survived cancer... That means you're a survivor. You want to use this app called Owl. Yeah, for sure. And you want to use it, not just because we're telling you to. right? <laughs> because you said so? Well, because it has, said so. it has many modules yeah. of, of opportunity for people. Right? Yeah. There's a really cool diary in there yeah. for tracking your meals mm -hmm. just by using like your, your, your phone. Right. Yeah, it makes um, it easy. There's an opportunity for relaxation. Uh, mm -hmm. meditation if you will mm -hmm. uh that you can tune to right uh, Reduce all inside stress. this app yeah yeah dealing with the stress heck yeah uh oftentimes what i've learned in in my career mm -hmm. is that when people have confusion or mm -hmm. they're conflicted with information right it leads to stress right and this app answers your questions right so you have clarity about cancer mm -hmm. which means reduce stress right Right. Yeah, I get it. I thought you were going to say, or in action, like they get so confused, they just don't do anything. Which I mean, happens with a lot of people. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, studies demonstrate that if you want, as you're coming out of cancer, right, radiation going through all, all that you go through. Right. And you don't want to experience a recurrence of cancer. Right. That the majority of the nutrition you put in your body, uh, it would be helpful if it was plant-based right vegetables fruits mm -hmm. and the protein that you consume mm -hmm. like animal base yeah would be reduced so like 20 percent mm. of okay. the calories you take in for a day right okay for would your... be, come from protein right if you wanted the protein otherwise you would stick to vegetables and fruit right and to teach people how to eat that way yeah i love but a lot of people don't know how to eat that. Well, way. yeah, it's, it's so foreign to them. I mean, it's one thing you go into your oncologist and mm -hmm. they're not a nutritionist, but they go, oh, you should go see the nutritionist. Right. And then if you go see the nutritionist or you get information from the oncologist. Right. What they're doing is they're saying, well, just go 20 percent. Uh, and then like, what the heck does that 80 mean? 80% vegetables and protein. And, right. Uh, like, what the hell fruit. does that mean? <laughs> exactly. And then, right. And what would a meal look like? They don't know. And so, so we're there. Yes. And, and so then, we're there to help people with that. Exactly. Like I said, so they just get confused or they can be confused and then just forget it. I'll just do what I was doing anyway because I don't know what that means. Well, and then once you recover mm -hmm. from, you know, chemo and, yeah. and depression and all the challenges you go through after, you know, making it right. through that stage of cancer. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it's in remission. Mm -hmm. You forget. You kind of and you turn go back, back around. It's the same in weight loss. Man. Oh, for sure. For you sure. just go back get to doing a little, what you were doing. Yeah, you get a little bit away from that heavier side, you know, and get a little closer to your goal weight. And all of a sudden, like you said, a lot of those good, ha you know, healthy habits, you start dropping them off. Like, eh, I, don't, I don't need to do it as much anymore. I don't have you, to worry about that anymore. And, and I would say you've heard me say this many times, and that is when people, well, like when you talk to your clients and mm -hmm. you say, so why do you want to lose this weight? Why do you want to get healthier? Yeah. And if they say, well, for my grandkids, then I come back and say, that's <laughs> not a strong why, because right now you have full access to your grandkids. Yeah. So you're talking about something that's not even real. Right. You know, the same as if I said, so why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to get healthier? Mm -hmm. And a person says, well, because I just want to like 
feel better. And I go, so do you feel horrible at this very moment? Right. And if well, I don't feel horrible. Well, so it's not strong enough. No. So it's not a strong enough reason. It's almost like they they literally in whatever area that's bothering them the most, it's almost it almost has to be their rock bottom for them to really feel like they have to do something that they're compelled to do something well, different. Here's a saying that I, I have. What's that? If you are moved because of being rocked rock bottom, mm-hmm. you may stay on the bottom. Mm. Now, I do believe that when you experience a low, it's an mm-hmm. opportunity for you to grow. Yeah. Oh. So all of that being said is when I watched my mom get three stents placed in her arteries. Yeah. When she was going through the pain of that and the discomfort and lying on that bed thinking that she was going to die. Yeah. In her mind, she had made a decision. I am never eating anything deep fried. I am going to live and be the <laughs> healthiest person I can be right. because you're in you're in pain. Oh, yeah. You're suffering. And people want pleasure. Right. Uh, yep. So I'm going to run from pain. I'm going to make decisions because of the pain. Mm-hmm. But then once I no longer have the pain, the decisions, <laughs> they're not the same. Yeah. Or just with less conviction. Right. You're just like, well, it's all right. Well, they I... don't even do anything. Yeah. Because if someone says, hey, you're going to die unless you eat 20 percent protein and 80 percent fruits and vegetables right as soon as you go be all 21 percent meat you're gonna die right so, so you'd be damn sure it'd be 20 percent right on oh you're gonna be right like, on target you're not gonna go past 19 percent. true a little safety cushion right yeah, there Hell because yeah. that's real mm-hmm. and for a lot of people it's real when they find out they have cancer yeah. It's real when they're showing up for chemo and radiation. Yeah. It's real when they're down and they can't do much and they need a lot of help from people. Right. But then is it still real six months, a year later, when you wake up and you feel good? There's yeah. no radiation. There's no, everything's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got my, I have a, a partner in my life. Everything I'm eating, we're going on trips, vacation, everything's back. Am yep. I still going to keep it 20%? Meat and 80% vegetables and fruit? No, that is the question. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Well, for this lady that we're going to go to now, she made a decision. Yeah. And she's definitely living it out. And yeah. I don't see any change. Yeah, it's awesome. So let's take a look. Okay. So Sherry, tell us, what is your affiliation with Stay Healthy? Why are you here? I am here because I have a dear friend that used to live down the road from me and I watched her progress along the years, the last six years or so, moving towards building this app. And I was very encouraged because I myself am a fourth stage breast cancer survivor. And I felt very empowered by what she was doing even though I didn't completely understand it at the time. I didn't know the impact. And therefore, I just was always encouraged and listened to her story. And as she progressed over the years, she finally said, I'm coming to fruition with this. We're going to launch it. We've grown out of infancy. We are ready to put it into the real world use for people like myself. And I decided that I wanted to be a part of it at some point. Whatever I can do to help, to promote, to do, to encourage, to inspire, to you know, just probe it forward as I can. My connections, people I know, people I've talked to about my surviving and what it's taken to get there. Wow, so uh, that's really intriguing. The obvious question for me, if you don't mind my asking is, tell us about your, your experience with cancer then. Well, in a little nutshell, um, I was diagnosed after being misdiagnosed for a year Um, with four-stage breast cancer and I had been devastated. How did you find out? Well, I found out because um, about six months prior I had found a lump and I went to my OBG and she said, oh, I was in the best shape of my life. I was toned. I worked out. She goes, Sherry, you are just in really good shape. She goes, it's muscle. So I went for the mammogram. It came back abnormal. She said, go in, do it again. So I went back on in and I did it again. And it came back, they diagnosed it as muscle. So I didn't give much thought to it. You know, I went about my business, what I was doing in my life, working, and I just 
delved into it and didn't, you know, I was super healthy, super fit, ate super well. And um, about three months later, I felt an, that same lump area and I got my husband involved. I go, does that feel like a lump to you? And he goes, yeah, it feels like a lump. So I called my OBG and she said, go in for another mammogram. Even though I wasn't able through my insurance at the time to do it. So I went on in, we got another mammogram. It came back abnormal again. My, my OBG said, you're so fit. I know you so well. I've known you all your, our, we grew up together. She goes, you just are, it's just muscle. And so I was like, okay. You know, I don't. I'm not a doctor. Gosh, that's scary. It's super scary. And, I, you know, I did not know that. I didn't know what was what. I mean, I literally had no issues all my life until I was 46. And then I got this. And I was like, what's that? So she's like, no problems. So I'm like, okay. So we took a holiday to England, came back. And then I felt it was as big as a golf ball. And I so it had progressed. It had progressed. So I, I told my husband, I said, I'm going in again. And at this time, she said, well, let's watch it for a couple weeks because you're super healthy. <laughs> so I went about what I was doing, which was grant funding in Austin. And um, I came back for the biopsy. She said, well, try to biopsy, get a, a needle, you know. About time. Right, about time. A year later, a year later, and so they tried to biopsy. It was hard as a rock. They could not get a needle to penetrate to get a biopsy of the tumor. So they sent me for a sonogram. I was all by myself because I thought, eh, I'm healthy, you know, there's no concern. Because you're in great shape. I'm in great shape, <laughs> exactly. So I was there all by myself. You are in great shape, by the way, but I mean, okay. still, I don't well, know what that has to do with having a tumor. Well, I, I was in really good shape then, really, really good okay. shape. Um, so I went down, they sent me for a sonogram, finally, which should have been done after first the month, first month, right. should have been done, just should have been done. Cool. And so I was devastated. I walked in, I thought, okay, they're not going to find anything. It's just going to just be a big lump. You know, I had two kids, I breastfed, it's just going to be a big lump. It's just, you know, couldn't be, I, I couldn't be, it's just not possible. My life's too perfect couldn't be you know I was happy at my job I was happy with my kids you know I was happily married I'm like I'm happy couldn't be just no not possible you wouldn't do that to me right God so the lady starts sonogramming she goes I'll be right back and I go I'm not going to say this on on televised here but um, a few choice words came to mind that I was in a bit of trouble and I remember looking, they had this dog poster of all the breeds of the dog on the wall. And I'm thinking, I am going to have cancer. Anybody that walks out, I knew that I was going to have cancer. So sure enough, two doctors and another nurse walk in and they confirm it. And so at that time, I was all by myself. I was in a state of dumbfoundment. I was numb. All I, I, I don't remember driving home. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't get in a wreck. I just did, couldn't believe it. You know, I got home and I just sat there and I didn't say anything to anyone. You know, I just sat there and I, I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, I, I just couldn't. So I didn't even call my husband. I mean, when he finally got home, I had gone to the library. I had taken out every book I could find on breast cancer. And 11 years ago, things have certainly progressed as far as technology mm -hmm. and advancements with programs and apps. These were not available to me. Would you say that <clears throat> when you heard that word and you, you got that opinion and diagnosis, that you were in a, a, a bit of shock? Uh, shock was a good word for it. It sounds to me like you were in shock. I was in shock. Yeah. I was in... Uh, That's a powerful word. Yeah, I was in, in denial, I think. But I was... I'm smart enough to realize I've done my homework. I've been through this for a year. It had to be. I mean, I, I, it had to be. 
I was hoping it was benign. I was praying it was benign um, until I got the testing back. And even then, the testing, you had to send it off. So my breast surgeon wanted to go in. She's like, I want to do a double mastectomy on you next week. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. I'm like, whoa, <clears throat> whew, you know, and I'm like, let me read, let me digest, let me talk to people. Mm-hmm. There weren't advocacy groups back then. There weren't people to talk to. Yeah. I got phone numbers from my breast cancer surgeon to call and talk to. And I had to wait on this Oncology DX lab results out of California because I wanted to know what kind of cancer sure. I had. Well, let's that. assess our options accurately. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, you know, when I went to talk to my oncologist, Dr. Lang, she told me about this group. And she said, well, it costs X amount of dollars. Insurance doesn't pay for it. My husband and I are like, we don't care. Right. You know, I mean, at this point, we need to know. And the oncologist said, if I have that information, I can properly give you the chemo that would address the types of cancers that are evading my body. It was in my lymph nodes, it was in my uterus, it was everywhere. Wow. It was in both my breasts. I mean, it had, because of- And you saved your breasts. I saved, no, they're, these are not mine, no. I mean, they're mine. They're, I had to do a double mastectomy. You did have a double mastectomy. Two weeks later, wow. I had a double mastectomy. Um, you know, and again, I wish somebody had told me what that felt like. You know, you have these, you get a breast plate put in so it stretches your skin. Right. And basically, it's holding place of the skin so you can go through chemo and radiation. So because of the long-term necessity of mine, it was in for like a year. Oh, my goodness. And also, I mean, you've got these bags for drainage so you don't get infection. And, you know, you feel like... Um, Kind of like the fifth element, that creature that comes out with all the tentacles. That's what I felt like was kind of that. I mean, it was like, it, it was, it was, it was. I, I see a lot of people that I mean, go through it, and and and, and so I, I get I get it. I, but nothing like having gone through it like, as you have. I, I don't know how to share that, but I see a lot of people through my mother's foundation that that go through this, and we hold their hands through chemo, through mastectomy, through lumpectomies, through the whole process. So right. I, this is not the first time I've heard this scenario. Well, it is It is truth. And the need for support, the need for foundations like what you and your mom have done, are you, you can't put a price on that. Um, the, I, I was very fortunate. My husband went to every single doctor's appointment, every single chemo. My yes. oldest daughter at the time was 18. So she came to every chemo. They wanted to put me at MD Anderson. And I was like, when the testing came back and I got my analysis from Oncology DX, it said I had a 33% chance of living. Wow. So I was in, I was in shutdown mode. I, I also have a business. I closed my business. I made my amends, whatever that was. I had very little to regret in my life. That's good. You know, um, I just, you so know. So you were getting ready for the possibility of taking another journey. I was. That's, re- I, that's the real, the reality of it. That was my reality. You know, it we, was. I, I get it. I it get was. it. I mean, I mean, and with kids and babies and a husband. And, yeah, it was, it was not easy. Um, you know, I didn't have, uh, my dad was not well at the time. And so my mom and brother were taking care of him. And so, you know, thank God for my family. For Can my- I, you brought up something, the next thing I wanted to ask you about. So are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm yeah? okay. I'm, I'm okay. a toucher, are you okay? I'm okay. All right, good. It's, I'm, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> what was God's role in it for you? Oh, oh huge. Enormous. Tell me about that. Um, I'm a pretty faith-driven woman anyway. Mm-hmm. I always believe I have angels because there have been so many instances in my life that I should not be here. Many. Not because of health, but because of happen- happenings. So I, um, you know, I've always believed that. I've always believed that people that I've seen pass, people that I've known all my life since high school, um, I, I just think I have angels. I do. I, I really do. I mean, I think I wasn't done with my life. 
I wish I wasn't done, but if it was God's calling, mm -hmm. I was ready. Mm -hmm. I had, I, I was, I mean, I've lived a great life. I've done a lot of good things, but I had wished that I could have done a few more. And so, you know, as far as me grasping closer to God, I was already there. Um, I just basically said, I leave it in your hands. I'm going to live through whatever it is you wish for me and try my best. And that's why I'm here. You know, interesting enough, you, you, you say that I ask you the question about God because I look at my own personal path in my addiction where I'm very active in helping other people. Uh, and I, I wondered, I thought, why did God want me to go through this? Exactly. Well, when I talk about it, I talk about it from experience. When I speak to a young addict in this uh, heroin epidemic that's going on in our country right now, I speak from experience about drug addiction. And, and I wonder if part of this now, where you are now, you needed to go through this to be that person that helps others now, because you know what it feels like. I you ever, you I ever look at that? Right. Yes. Yeah. I believe you're 100% I can correct. see it in your whole... Yeah. I, <clears throat> I mean, I believe with what I was doing, and it's a whole other story, but I had taken a whole change of my whole life and decided I wanted to help. So I took a position with a company helping children. Um, totally went out of my higher end profession and, um, and just felt like it was my calling. And that's what I chose to do for till I resigned and um, went back into what I love, which was, you know, making custom jewelry. And so, you know, my family supported me, you know, we, we just felt like I needed to follow through with it, but I took that position and the help and work I did with Title I schools and seeing the underprivileged and seeing children that don't have money for lunch and seeing families that don't have money for the holidays and seeing and just seeing how they struggle mm -hmm. and what that looks like when they truly want to get out of it. Yeah. You know, so I always <clears throat> was a big advocate. I mean, I worked with Girl Start. I worked any anything that helped. I worked with a math program. It was an educational program I created out of Teeks and Tax, and it was a wonderful program, wonderful. And it went into the state budget, and hopefully has been you know rolled out to all the other schools. I got it all approved through Title One and Teeks and Tax, and aligned it for everything. And you know, took kids. You go into gamings. You go into a gaming room like at Gaddy Towns or Dave and Buster's and you teach them math through gaming. So I feel like that was a calling and my experience watching these kids and having them come up to me and say, you know, five, ten years later, Miss Sheldon, I remember when we were in your class and you had the magicians and we went in the game room and you made such an impact on my life. I think it was the beginning of my journey. Mm. And I believe that going through cancer has been a forward motion of that element of my life. And now I'm trying to make a difference in organizations that I know have a wide span and making coverage more available mm. for people like me. Yeah. Wings, great organization. You know, Dr. Stafford started it. I mean, super, super group of people also. You know, so there's a lot of good people up there that are working with these organizations, but to have groups and, and hospitals and foundations that truly are engaged in it and mm -hmm. wanting to make a change and doing something about it, not just talking it, they're doing something. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, lots of people will tell you one thing and they'll tell you and talk to you and say, I'm gonna, I will, you know, but they never show up. And my, one thing I've always taught my children is, you've got to have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And maybe this was God's way of, for you and myself to have skin in the game. So that we had more, <clears throat> our, our drive was more purposeful from our heart, our souls, not just the knowledge part, the science part. It was more a, you know from that, I don't know about your, I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, all I can say is, at least for me, 
you know, I could get some answers. I could control certain things. I mean, the hardest part of an addiction or a cancer is you can't control it. I mean, that was probably the hardest part, honestly, was this thing was in me. And I'm like, and I can't control it. And I, I'm very organized. And I like to have that ability to control things. You know, I've learned to let that go a bit and not be so regimented in my life. I'm still very organized um, because you have to be to get things done and you have to be to make a difference. Well, I always say, all I have is my experience, strength, and hope to give. Yes. That's what I have. That's mine. Yes. It's very personal. Exactly. And when I'm coming from that place... Um, it's strong. It's legit. Yeah. It's authentic. It's core. Yes. It's heart, body, and soul. Core stuff. Yeah. And I get that. I mean, that, and that's, that's why I am very passionate about helping. And if I can make a difference with your organization... You can. You, do you still write grants? Uh, no. No, I don't. Oh, God. That's what we need so bad. I know. Everybody needs that. That was in a school genre. So, you know, there are actually classes you can take that teach you how to write a grant and make sure you get what you need. I do mean, you do that online or do you have to do it through a, going um, to a school? Well, you actually do it if you register online, but the different legislation, le legislative organizations put it in place so that it teaches you, like, if you're writing a grant for TEKS tax or education, you can go to this class. Or if you're writing a grant for a foundation, I'd imagine, for a nonprofit, you can take it and know exactly how to formulate that and what that looks like. Mm. You know, to me, the ability to navigate through it, it took me two years. Wow. Two years and a lot of pushing and a lot of, probably why I got cancer, but the stress of that. The stress. Um, I, I pretty much say the kids were my blessings. The um, people, the legislation, the uh, people in the ivory towers, they were, all they cared about was their bottom line. Yeah. You know, when you get on the bottom level with the normal, everyday, walking around folk, you learn what is really necessary for a business, for your life, for a foundation. For a company, for a doctor's office, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, sometimes as we excel in our life, we get to a point that, you know, you feel like, oh, not gonna, it's beneath me. But in all honesty, it humbles you. Mm -hmm. It gives you a, a dose of reality. Yeah, getting of, that grassroots level. Yep. I mean, sure. it tells you exactly, it, it's okay, you know, and, and you have to put... I've learned how to put boundaries. I'm getting good at it. My, my girlfriends are like, good for you. <clears throat> That's good. I even Laura's like, you know, she's like, good for you for putting boundaries out today. And I said, I, I yeah. have to. Now, let me just first give props to Daniel. Because yeah. Because he's a great listener. He is. And, you know, he, he, he understands that world. Right, because yeah. his his brothers, his, his family, his sisters, right. they have a foundation that their mom started. Yeah, and helping with uh, cancer research. Right, so it means a lot to him. Yes, mm -hmm. and you know he's mature enough where you know he's not twenty five, you know, and, and you're sitting now with someone. I mean, this is your life. Yep. So so kudos to you, Daniel. Yes, for, good job, good job. Yeah, kudos to you and great interview. And so, what do people do now? Let's say you don't have cancer. Let's say you're walking around. You're 35. Yeah. Would this owl app be helpful for someone who's never experienced cancer? I think so. Why so not? Are you going to get it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm 35 too. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, in the um, one that, so the thing that I want to share with people to help survivors mm -hmm. is exercise. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about exercise. Okay. Because that's one of the things that will 100% help a person. Right. Not <clears throat> just help reduce the likeliness of cancer coming back. Right. But will help them with mood, with energy. Heck yeah. Uh, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And when I say exercise, not all exercise is created equal. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, yeah. There, I'm thinking you're trying to say that there's some exercises that provide more benefit. 
than others. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I give this analogy quite a bit, <laughs> right? So when I used to work with professional boxers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we would be exercising. Right. Right. To get in shape, to mm-hmm. be able to walk on this pay-per-view HBO right. Showtime and, and win. Get results. And my job was to help yeah. them be physically in shape, mm-hmm. right, condition, but mm-hmm. at the same time, get them down to a certain weight. Right. And so I know, I know the value of when they lose weight, making sure the majority of the weight loss mm-hmm. is fat weight. Right. And not lean muscle weight. Exactly. Because of his lean muscle weight, then that's going to tap into how strong they're going to be the night of the fight and all of those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So to give an example of where I'm going with this, there's two, I guess, categories of exercise. You have weight bearing exercise Mm -hmm. and you have non weight bearing. Right. Are you familiar with the two? I am. Okay. So give us some examples of weight bearing exercises. So things that you're basically holding up your body. So running. Walking. Right. Treadmill. Because if you're if you're running, right. There's no chair holding you up. It's right. your muscles, your skeletal system. Holding everything up. That is is keeping you standing. Right. So that's weight bearing. Weight bearing. Got okay, it. So give us examples of uh give us three examples of, of non non weight bearing. Um what about like swimming? Right, because uh, the water for the right. most part is holding you up. Um maybe something like a bike. A bike when you're sitting like on a, re- a bike. Yeah, like the recumbent or even any bike. The Peloton. Yeah. Those, you know. oh, now, yeah. there are times where people stand up on the bike. Right. But still the bike is, you're holding yourself up. Right. But the bike is also holding you up. Right. It's providing that support. And I guess another one, maybe like a rowing machine or something Rowing like that. machine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Because the rower is holding you. So you're, right. you're working. Yeah. I mean, it's a great workout. It's just not that load bearing. Right. And so right. you will have some people say, well... When I'm swimming, I feel resistance. Yes. Oh, heck yeah. There's resistance in everything. Yeah. I mean, Newton's law mm-hmm. tells us there's resistance in everything. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference and why I'm bringing it up. All right. Weight-bearing activity tends to burn more calories mm-hmm. and helps with getting rid of fat more effectively than non-weight-bearing. Right. I okay? like how you added that, effectively. Yes. yes. So we're talking about maximizing. Exactly. So when I'm working with those boxers mm-hmm. and we only have one hour to get in our exercise. Right. I know that we got to get rid of some body fat mm-hmm. and time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't make the weight, they could lose their title belt. They could be fined $250,000 like per money, pound. money, right? Yeah. So money, <laughs> uh, prestige, you know, recognition, all that goes out the window. Yeah. If we don't make the weight. So I'm making decisions largely based on how do we get the most out of this training session? Yeah. And I'm going to go with weight bearing activity. Yeah. Compared to non weight bearing. Right. Knowing all of that. Yeah. When it comes to like building that muscle, Mm -hmm. even as they get leaner, I'm going to have them do things that really test um, their strength. Their strength and their overall condition too. Yes, and we're right. going to exercise in a way to build lean muscle mass, right? Instead of just exercising, right? Well, the average person doesn't know this, Barbara. No. So unless they go and get with a professional trainer, exactly, who is actually knowledgeable, <laughs> that too, <laughs> because a trainer oftentimes is not going to help you get the outcome that you specifically want. Right. They're going to do the things that entertain you. Mm. Think about that. That keep you coming back. It, it makes you <laughs> laugh. They, they, right. It makes it fun. Well, it yeah. It makes it enjoyable. True. Well, it ain't always enjoyable. It's not. You got to put the work in. If you want the outcome you say you want. Yes. So for those of you who are wanting to prevent cancer right. or recurrence of cancer, mm-hmm. my recommendation when it comes to exercise is mm-hmm. yes, be active. You can do that on your own. Right. You can start walking. You can watch some videos. Yeah. But take the time and make time to meet with a certified personal trainer Mm -hmm. and tell them that you don't want to gain weight, Mm -hmm. but you want to increase your lean Lean. muscle mass. Exactly. And get rid of excess fat. Right. Okay. Now that was all. There's a lot there. Mm -hmm. The person who's listening and uses that as a prescription when they go to the trainer. Right. They look at the trainer and say, this is what I want because <laughs> uh-huh. they're paying for it. Of course. But Barbara, most people don't, they don't go to a trainer knowing what they want. They just like help me. 
Right. Just help me somehow. And they may say, I want to lose, you know, a couple pounds. I think that, yeah, the most common thing is I just want to tone up. But it's not specific. Right. It's so generic. It's very generic. Yeah. So be specific. Mm -hmm. And then how are you going to know if you're making progress to that outcome? That you will. How would I mean, you know? I know. I mean, well, we would track body composition, right? All right. Good job. There. Yeah. Yes. Hey, I know a few things. I know you know a few things. <laughs> but no, you're but right. It's true, though. But, I, you know, I mean, how often do you think that even really happens? People don't. They don't they know. They just don't. No. They just don't. Because, one, they know they don't want to be heavier. Right. People who want to lose weight or get rid of some excess body fat. Yeah. Right? So yeah. You, so you go in. Mm-hmm. And what, I've, what I'm recommending people do is get the BFI app. Yeah. And even in the owl, mm-hmm. we have virtual reality and the opportunity is there for body composition. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. That, that app, I love it. Right. So with the app, mm-hmm. you can find out what your body fat percentage is. Mm-hmm. And if you know what your body fat percentage is, it's going right. to also tell you how much of your weight mm-hmm. is fat weight mm-hmm. and how much of your weight on the scale is lean mass. Right. Because it makes a difference. Right. So if you, so listen up, you guys, if you lose 10 pounds. Yes. And I meet you and you say, hey, I got the (laughs) OW app or I got the BFI app and this is like amazing. Yeah. When you tell me you lost 10 pounds, what do you think my response is going to be? Yeah. You're going to say of what? Exactly. Yes. 10 pounds of what? And and if you listen to this and you're paying attention, Mm -hmm. you're going to go, oh, 8.9 pounds was fat. Right. 1.1 was lean. All right. Now we're talking. So you're not going to say 10 pounds. You're going to say I got rid of 8.9 pounds of fat. That's right. So that, yeah. you can know that. Yep. You don't need the trainer to tell you. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that you lose five pounds. Yeah. And four and a half pounds of it comes from your lean body mass. Oh, no. Half a pound from fat. Uh Uh-oh. So what does a person do? So if my mom said, oh, son, I'm doing good. I've been working with the trainer. He's got me on a program. I'm down five pounds, but it's only uh, half a pound of fat and the rest is lean body mass. Like, oh, no, what's going on? So. Well, I would have to. I think one of the first things I'd ask her is what is she eating and how is she eating? Okay. You know, what about. Okay, and that's a good place or to Or maybe what kind of exercise she's doing, And too. how is she exercising? Yeah, like is she doing just certain, maybe like cardio, Because what if, what if cardio? she goes to the trainer and the trainer goes, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do, we're yeah. not going to lift weights right now. We're just going to do cardio. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Well, she went in, she told them exactly what she wanted. Right. She but that wanted. doesn't mean they're going to give you what you want. Yeah, and that's the, the struggle there is then if that person, that if they don't know how to build muscle versus drop excess fat, they're not going to know that they're not working towards that goal. They're trusting in that person to know for them. Yes, and so to alleviate that, the app, yes, you can monitor, you can track your body fat percentage. Right. And if it's not going in the direction that you want it to go in, yep. you can make some changes. Yes, that's the key point there. That is the key point. Just to monitor along the way. Yes, so after you're tracking, mm-hmm. you can then change. Right. If you never tracked, yes. if you never paid any attention to that, right. you're just going by the scale, mm-hmm. you could be becoming more unhealthy yeah. than healthy, and even just, though your weight's smaller. Yeah, and people don't even know that. They don't know it. They don't know and it. And to me, that that's an injustice. Right. Because when you go to the doctor, he's not. most doctors are not looking at your body composition. Nope. They're looking at the weight on the scale. Yep. And your height. And your height. I was just going to say the height, they too. They bring out the BMI, and they say, hey, you're doing pretty good, or you're not doing good. It's like Because if your weight nothing. goes up, right? If right. your weight goes up, mm-hmm. but your body fat percentage goes down, yeah. you're getting healthier. That's great. It's good news. That's amazing news. Yeah. But if you're not monitoring and tracking that, you have no idea. You don't. Right. You're just floating. Just floating. Floating, yeah, <laughs> So the other yeah. good, the other, uh, good uh, point with having that app, though, too, is if anybody meets you, and so you do ask that question, they'll be prepared how to answer, right? Because you're going to answer. That's right. And because it has a built-in you know, journal, mm-hmm. we could quickly look at their meals and see oh, if they're right, combining yeah. their foods correctly. Yeah. Just through f- their photos. Pictures of their food. So people you don't even, t- you, I mean, you don't even got to write down right. what you I ate. mean, people are taking pictures of their food anyway, right? To post them on Instagram or on social media anyway. But how awesome it would be to use that and actually journal and track your progress. Yes. That's awesome. And it's all there. That is actually a really cool feature. Because I like that. we can see 
And I always tell me, they say, well, you want me to track my calories? No. Yeah. Don't really. If we teach you portions. Yes. And then you learn how to combine your foods. Mm-hmm. And by combining them in the right way, which right. I can see. Yeah. The picture is a thousand words. Exactly. So I can if you're see. Like, plates like this big versus, you know. Right. Or yeah. you got like, you know, bread with mashed potatoes with mac and cheese. Right. With rice. I mean. You're not following right. the methodology. Like you don't need to know the caloric count of each of those things to know that there needs some no. some it's, tweaks the, need to be the made. The calories are taken care of just by right. sticking with the portions. Yeah, so much easier that way. So survive survival ship mm-hmm. is real, you guys. And the take home tip that I want to leave with everyone. Mm-hmm. And if I was talking to Sherry, I yeah. would stress this to her. No matter what you're doing as far as growing your food in the garden, mm-hmm. uh, all the other positive things you're doing, mindfulness, thinking, meditation, all of that is great. Right. But if you're not looking at how to increase your lean mass, mm-hmm. then you're not maximizing your potential mm-hmm. to reduce the likeliness mm-hmm. of first and recurrence of cancer. That's huge. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So personal trainers should be our best friends. For sure. Because we need them. We need them to train people on yeah. how to get the outcomes that we're talking train about. Train them and inform them, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, and the reason behind it, the rationale behind it. It's very important. Yes. To equip them with that. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you, Barbara. Of course. And of course, Daniel, we're sending you big cheers and yes. appreciate you. And for all of you out there, mm-hmm. stay healthy. Stay healthy. Hello, everyone. This is Robert Ferguson, and thank you for watching our show. Now, be sure to like, subscribe, and click on the bell so that you are notified whenever we upload new shows. Again, thank you for watching.